In today's episode, we're chatting with a very inspiring guest who's going to help you take a hard look at how some of your personal narratives are not healthy and how they're propagating fear that is weighing you down and stealing your joy. And we're going to do that so that you can finally start building your dream on an irrevocable identity, one that is not dependent on how the dream pursuit is going, planting a true and healthy personal narrative deep in your soul that makes you and your dream impervious to outside forces or results is something that you can learn. That's all coming up next, right here on Stop Doubting Your Dream. Stay tuned. If you have a deep-rooted dream you long to pursue but feel held back by self-doubt, the possibility of failure, and the relentless demands of everyday life, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer, and I know that taking the leap of faith to make your dream a reality and overcome the seeds of doubt planted by those who say it's too risky can feel overwhelming and discouraging sometimes and cause you to question whether or not your dream is worth pursuing at all. But the truth is, it doesn't have to be an either-or choice. It's possible to pursue your dream without risking your stability or security in the process. And each week on the show, I'm going to show you and give you practical action steps you need to turn your dream into a viable source of income so you can live without regret, reshape your future, and create the meaningful change you want to see in the world, all without leaving your day job. So if you're someone who's ready to stop doubting your dream and start living it, Let's dive in. Welcome back. This is episode 63, and I am excited today to introduce you to a new friend, an inspiring author and entrepreneur, Danielle Brown. I have so much appreciated the power and the hopefulness in Danielle's message. Her personal transformation is quite impressive. From counterfeit confidence that was full of holes and made her vulnerable to outside influences, stealing her joy and peace, to an irrevocable identity built on a rock-solid foundation, you can see the change in her. She's got the sauce, as she says. Each of you who are listening have it too. The problem is that sauce lies under the ground, buried beneath the weedy growth of false narratives that are choking out the healthy growth that our Creator has intended for us. I'd like to take a moment before we introduce Danielle to just acknowledge something um, to my listeners. I launched this, relaunched this podcast uh, back in June, and then some um, some things happened in my life that <clears throat> created a, a challenge for me that caused me to not be able to record any other episodes. So first of all, I want to apologize for the inconsistency over the last couple months and uh, recommit myself to uh, weekly episodes. But I want to give you a little bit of an understanding of what took place over the last couple months without getting into too many boring details so that you can understand how this topic that we're going to talk about today, how it works and how it's why it's so important that we talk about it. The last couple of months, uh, because of a couple um, incidents with me, 
uh, led to some really deep soul searching in my own my own life and realizing uh, through that soul searching just how subtle just how subtle the false narratives that we entertain in our mind can be and how insidious they are so early july i um was on vacation and almost drowned and i don't want to get into all the details but it was a um, deeply uh, troubling incident and one that i'm still working through i was so close to giving up in the water as I fought to get myself back. And it was amazing to be on the other side of that and to realize what a gift life is, what a gift Mm -hmm. a dream pursuit is, what a gift of trying to add blessing to the world and, and to help people and how valuable my life is. And the soul searching has come because I have in recent years, uh, succumbed to this negative self-talk that had me wondering if my life was of the value that I would hope it would be. And now that might sound surprising to some of you because many of you think um, I might be a significant leader. I might be someone that has inspired you and encouraged you. And I'm grateful for that. And yet, how subtle is it that even the most powerful leaders the most impactful entrepreneurs in the world can struggle with this very topic of false narratives that they continue to tell themselves about themselves is actually dominating their thinking. This uh, incident in the water has led me to um, reconnect with uh, a therapist and to work through some of these ongoing challenges I have with negative self-talk and these false narratives to a point that I'm actually planning my own renunciation ceremony. I'm actually working on what would it look like to have a ceremony to renounce some of the internal dialogue I have kept alive for years. And mine happens to be connected to results. And you've heard me talk about this on the podcast. You've heard me talk about it before. But I have allowed myself over the years to allow my mood, my outlook, my view of my personal identity and value be completely hooked in with results. One of the things I want to renounce is my personal personal mission statement. My personal mission statement to this point has been to be the Lord's master fire starter. And what's so subtle about that is my personal mission is attached to whether or not someone else is inspired by what I do, whether or not someone else gets a fire lit in them by what I do. And what I've come to realize over these the, this experience and some therapy is that I have no power over whether or not someone will be inspired by what I do. I have no power or control over whether what I'm sharing is going to light a spark in someone else. The spark lighting is God's job. My job is simply to sit with the source, walk with the source, stand with the source of that fire, and be sparked, invigorated, lit on fire myself, and then just to be, can I borrow an an American Indian name? Walking fire. My job is just to be walking fire. That's it. And if anybody gets lit, if anybody gets encouraged and inspired by that, by being around me or listening to me or being engaged in my teaching 
or reading a book, one of my books, then great. But I attach so much meaning to the results that I've lost myself in the process. So that's my story as it relates to our topic today. Danielle Brown is really going to help us see how many of our thoughts that we entertain in our heads about our value, our identity, frequently are actually false narratives that are not helping us. In fact, they're disempowering us. And these false narratives, as we continue to entertain them, guys, they are not sustainable in our dream pursuits. She confesses uh, in this uh, dialogue, this discussion that you're going to listen to in just a moment, that it took some time for God to unveil the me to me. <laughs> Love the way she says that. And that it is an ongoing iterative process to reiterate true narratives that empower us to keep going and to not give up pursuing what God himself has designed us to be and designed us to do. She reminds us that, and this is true in my story, we have normalized behaviors and self-talk that are actually stripping us of our true identity. We have coddled, disempowering narratives like, I don't deserve this, I'm unworthy, I am ashamed, I don't know how this will turn out, so better wait until I'm sure. If I reveal my true character, they will see that I'm not good enough. And on and on and on. What disempowering narratives have you coddled, have you maintained, have you fed that are actually stealing your joy and keeping you from your dream that God has placed in your heart? So, without further ado, author, friend, wife, entrepreneur, and shining bright light, Danielle Brown. Danielle. Thank you so much for being uh, with us today and Stop Doubting Your Dream. It's awesome to have gotten to know you and have a couple conversations now. And today, even before we recorded, you dropped another golden nugget, yield <laughs> and flow. Yield and flow. Absolutely. And that's how we're going to handle this conversation. Um, yes. That's how you have learned how to handle your life have you, as you pursued your dream. Yield and flow. I love it. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Tell us what you're up to with everything kingdom uh, and anything else you want to share. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am Danielle Brown. My husband and I have a um, an online podcast called Everything Kingdom. We also have a website that I'm just getting started. Hold on, my daughter's here. I'm sorry. Um, we're just getting started. I just was doing that last night. So we have a podcast. We also have a YouTube channel and we just talk about everything kingdom. I just started, or I just published my book called you got the sauce. Um, and it's just a book about your, I am affirmations and your identity in Christ, right? That's the most important thing. You know, when you're walking with God, your identity in Christ is so important. So pinnacle. Um, so that's why I am. I'm from Hartford, Connecticut, and now I'm in good old Alabama. Um, and we love it here. We just moved here about uh, in January, so I'm really excited about that. I absolutely love it here. Um, and my husband and I, we just really kind of work together. He does have a nine to five job, and I'm allowed to, you know, stay home um, and just kind of be that creative, you know, type of person. And I'll just yield and flow with the spirit wherever he decides to take me. It's just exactly what I do. So that's just kind of me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, I mean, the Everything Kingdom name, the the brand, what you're trying to do, tell us 
Tell us exactly what it is you hope to accomplish. If someone engages with your book or your YouTube channel, what is it you want them to understand about their own journey? I would love for people to, well, everything kingdom, we have to understand that, you know, we are dual citizens, right? So we are, you know, in this world, but not of this world, but we're also seated in the heavenly places with our father, right? So of course we experience things in our flesh here on earth, you know, the affliction and guilt and shame and, you know, iniquities of the flesh. And we experience that um, as carnal beings, but also we are, you know, spiritual, right? So everything is already done in the heavenly realm. And when, you know, Jesus came on the scene, he said, repent for the kingdom of God is near, right? The kingdom. So when he talks about repenting, that's changing the way that you think. And a lot of us are missing the mark when it comes to walking in the fullness of who we actually are, because we're pulling from societal standards, right? And whether it be the way that we grew up or whether, you know, the false narrative people have pressed into our minds and we believe that and took that on. So our goal is to really just uproot those, you know, false narratives and allow the narrative of God that he established in the beginning to take root. So it's just, again, you know, a, um, a constant process of taking on that old man and putting on the new. And it doesn't exclude anything, right? Everything is kingdom. You can see God in everything, whether it be your marriage, whether it be your relationships, whether it be your job, whether it be prosperity, whether it be sex, right? Whether it be anything, nothing is left out. Everything is kingdom. Every topic is a kingdom topic, period. So there's a lot of there's a lot of identity talk today right? Mm -hmm. in, our, in our world. And a lot of people wrestling with who they are, trying to define who they are. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of confusion, a lot of confusion in the world today. And we would, and you and I would describe those things as false identity or identity, false narratives. Yeah. Some, some constructs or frameworks that we have adapted or adopted into our thinking mm -hmm. that are not helpful to us. And actually disempower us. Yes. Um, yes. Can you just list some of those identity false narratives that you have struggled with that you've seen with some of your clients? Oh my God. I mean, I'll just start with myself, you know, like we're, you know, it's a power of a testimony, right? So, you know, my husband and I, and, and you know, it's so funny because you never really realize that you have a problem. Until you come to Christ, right? Because he mm. is the light, the way, the truth, and the light. So I was in the world just living it up. Like, hey, you know, I'm the bomb.com. I have no issues. Mm -hmm. um, so as soon as I, you know, came to Christ, it took a while for me to, um, for God to, to unveil the me to me, right? And a lot of the things that I saw and that I encountered, um, it wasn't so great. You know, I was selfish and I didn't really know how to be faithful to a job, to a relationship. Um, I continuously spoke to the negative parts of me and uh, was very critical of myself. Mm. Um, you know, that spirit, that, that imposter syndrome was continuously flowing through my mind. And there was a consistent wavering in my soul of who I am and him and who I created myself to be according to the world and what I've experienced, you know, there was, you know, abuse from my father and I saw abuse towards my mother. And, um, you know, just to hear that, you know, I am anointed in Christ or I am confident or I am bold. I didn't really know what that was. Right. I, I pulled from the material things that I had and I allowed that to create 
my reality of who I was. But then if I lost that, who was I, right? So I, again, I was constantly looking for outside sources to establish my identity. And then when they were gone, I was back to square one. I was lost, right? So a lot of that happened when my husband and I got on the road. My brother passed away and my husband worked for contingency for FedEx. We were constantly moving around. And we had a beautiful home in Knoxville, Tennessee. We had a Mercedes. We had all these clothes and just everything, right? You would think that I had it made. But on the inside, you know, in my soul, it was jacked up, right? And sometimes God has to remove to be able to build us up in him on a solid foundation, right? He said, don't build your foundation on sand, but on solid rock. And um, that's when I realized, like, I have I have an issue, right? And I need to go to him and seek who I am and constantly reiterate that to myself on a constant basis. And we, we say it like it's just so nonchalant, like it's just so easy, Right. But it's a process. It is a process. And even still to this day, and I'm sure you you go through this as well. Right. You're constantly in front of people and talking to people and just that thing like, OK, did I say that right? Am I good enough to do this? God, why did you call me? You know, why did you give me this to say? And it's constantly feeding that old part of you. Right. Instead of feeding the part of you that's rooted and established in him. And it's a constant thing that we constantly have to do every single day, every day. So not not all identity narratives are created equal. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> some, some are actually devastating to our psyche and to our soul. Mm-hmm. And some disempower us, even though even though we might feel like we're empowered mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. moment, we feel that way. We get some self-discovery when some light shines on the situation. We realize that we weren't empowered at all. Absolutely. Like like if I have a negative self-talk about my own identity, it can disempower me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do identity false narrative narratives disempower us? How does that happen? What do they what does that do to us? It diminishes our our soul, it diminishes who we are, and it affects the way that we show up in the world. It affects the way that we um, show up in relationships. It affects the way that we show up in every aspect of our lives, right? So if we, I always say that you will never possess what you don't confess, right? So if you're not confessing something, you're constantly going to live in a place of lack, right? And that's, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's oppression, right? So that's how you're going to show up into the world. And that's what you're going to receive from other people. You're going to attract that. So you're going to create an environment that's consistently diminishing you and no longer elevating you to a level where God wants us to be, right? So we begin to normalize certain behaviors that disempower us. And sometimes it's unknowing, right? Sometimes we just have these behaviors that have become the normal. We've normalized it. And we go out into the world and we're around people then that normalize that behavior as well. So we have no correction, right? Everything is permissible now in the world that we live in, right? So um, there's no discipline, there's no correction, and there's no repentance. So it allows us to hold on to and coddle sometimes that disempowering spirit that's continually talking to us throughout the day. Absolutely. Normalizing, diminishing ourselves. We normalize coddling, (laughs) disempowering (laughs) narratives. I love that. 
So let's let's do a little. Let's just do a little. Um, I don't know if it's brainstorming. That's not the right word. Uh, a little bit of coming up with some phrases mm. that we speak in our heads about ourselves that are that are identity false narratives that are disempowering us. I'll start. Here's a couple phrases. I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else has already done this. They've done it better than I can. I'm not good enough to put this out into the world. Mm-hmm. Now you come up with a couple phrases. I am unworthy. Um, I am ashamed of what I've done and what I've went through. And because I'm ashamed, I fear that people are going to see that in me. Right. Um, yeah, I, yeah. If I really put myself out there, yeah, I'm just going to see the shame. Mm-hmm. I am fearful because I don't know what the outcome is going to be with whatever situation. Right. Um, she or he or he is better than me in this area. Therefore, um, I can't do it. Basically, um, oh my God, there's so much. I mean, right. I'm just back to my. Just, I mean, I've never, you know, really kind of, you know, thought about that. And just to think about that kind of brings tears to my eyes. Just about you know times that I've cried silent tears. You know of. You know, I, I struggled a lot with shame and guilt and unworthiness, right? And because I'm guilty, I felt that I was unworthy of forgiveness, right? So it was hard for me to forgive. You know, I can't forgive, right? That's another one. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really deep question, Jeff. You know, and it brings up a lot of, you know, memories of just again false narratives that I fed into myself over. Time, you know, a lot of them were surrounded around unworthiness and not feeling good enough to show up into the world the way God um, intended me to, you know. So why why is it important for us to have a healthy and true personal narrative in the pursuit of our dreams? You know. You know, kind of like I said in the beginning of the call, you know, what you believe about yourself is what you will attract. Okay. So building up, and I would say a a narrative within Christ, an identity within Christ is important because he's, he's my manufacturer. So if I'm malfunctioning, who am I going to go to? Am Mm -hmm. I going to go to F? Right. Am I going to go to my husband? That that would be ideal. Right. Am I going to go to the world that continuously is sucking me of my energy and my identity? And it's a perpetual behavior of returning to vomit, as the Bible, the Bible says. Right. Yeah. Returning to those pukey false narratives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's disgusting. And we look at the dogs like, ew, what's wrong with you? But God is looking at us like, what is wrong with you? I have called you away from that. Right. So building up our identity in him just lets us know that we have an irrevocable stance within him that is not predicated upon upon what we do, where we've been, where, you know, we believe that we should go, our past, who we've hurt, who's hurt us. Right. And it, it extends beyond what we can even comprehend, right? To to wake up in the morning and to even read this book and say, okay, 
I am justified, right? Or I am righteous or I am holy. You know, sometimes we get in this position where, again, you know, these false narratives bombard us and say, well, you just did that last night. You know, don't you remember what you did yesterday? Or don't you remember what you said to so-and-so? And the enemy will try to steal that identity that was already rooted and established from the beginning. You know, that's something, like I said, it's irrevocable. Nobody can take that away from us. And once we come into that understanding, we'll be non-stoppable, right? And like I said before, if you don't confess it, you'll never uh, possess it. And that's so important. It's so pinnacle to know exactly who you are. And it affects the way that we show up. And, you know, the Bible is all about relationship, right? Jesus is all about relationship and how we steward that. So if you have a negative outlook on self, you're only going to see people out of a lens that you see yourself. So you won't be successful in relationships and building the kingdom of God whatsoever, you know? I think uh, as you were talking, I was thinking a couple of answers to my own question. That, I saw your brain. That, I saw your brain that you, moving. <laughs> that you brought out were like, it's important to have a healthy and true personal narrative because we don't want to build, we don't want to build anything, including pursuing our dream on lies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On shifting mm -hmm. uh, sand, right? We want to build whatever it is we're doing mm -hmm. on a business, starting a business, whatever. We want to do it based on truth and the truth Absolutely. about who we are and the truth about who others are, our clients, the people mm. we're serving. Um, it's just yeah. way more healthy to be true, right? Mm -hmm. Than to be mm -hmm. building something on false or shiftiness or something that's untrue. And the other thought I had was, it's so important to build on healthy and true personal narratives because you can't fail. Absolutely. Absolutely not. You cannot fail. You cannot you fail. fail. Even, even when you botch it up, even when you mess it up you didn't fail mm -mm. There's no still, you still have that irrevocable as you said mm -hmm. personal identity that can keep you moving forward because you and i both know any entrepreneurial pursuit is rife with ups and downs and two steps back and you know stepping into a crater and twisting our ankle i mean it, <laughs> it's brought with challenges absolutely Absolutely, so but that's like, oh, go if, ahead, go ahead. If we're building something and we face the challenges on falsity about ourselves, we're going to be much more inclined to just want to quit, to give up, to pull back, to not put our voice out into the world, which mm -hmm. is what God has designed us to do. Right. Or the opposite could happen, right? We, um, you know, build ourselves in this counterfeit confidence, right? And we go out to the world and we're serving the counterfeit instead of serving God. And the word of God does that there's going to be a lot of false prophets and, um, you know, false prophecy that's happening. So we're seeing that a lot, you know, in the world where people are operating in a counterfeit spirit, right? And moving ahead of God instead of yielding and flowing with the spirit. Because sometimes, as you may know in business, sometimes, you know, I think it was Samuel that said, you know, there's a time for everything, right? And in business, and there may be a time to go, but there may be a time to retract and there may be a time to go, right? And there may be a time to pause and say la and hear from God. But when you're not yielding and flowing in that spirit, the spirit of the, um, the counterfeit 
will take over, right? And say, go. And he wants us to move swift, right? He wants us to move so swiftly. And then he'll condemn us for the decisions that we've made, right? Mistakenly, because we moved out of order and out of the flow of God, right? So, I mean, two things, it could be one or two things that happen, you know, and you'll just be out of his will. But again, God works all out for the good. So he yeah. always allows us to come back and say, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the yeah. thing about yeah. God. I love that. I could pull back and restrain from giving what I'm called to give, but I can also march on forward, coddling mm-hmm. that uh, counterfeit. Mm-hmm. And trying to chase after the falsity, the false absolutely. image, and that's not good either. So I love absolutely. that you put that out. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the process that you and your husband went through, or maybe just you, went through to finally experience being established and settled in your own skin? Could uh-huh. you could you boil it down to a few things that you did that people could you know latch onto? How did you, yeah, how did you embrace who you were and understand the true personal narrative? Mm, how much time you got? You know, it's going to be a long <laughs> well, one. No, no. I'll yeah, it's a lifetime, right? It's a lifetime. <laughs> right, right. It's, but it's, it's a not just, process, right? Our, yeah. our, you know, God, we're being perfected until the day of his coming. But, yes. um, you know, I did, I thought about this question a lot before we um, got on this call and, you know, like I said, like I'm a writer and I try to just, you know, I want to work things. But again, you know, I'm in this season of just yielding and flowing and people are going to get tired of me saying that. Listeners, you're going to get tired of me, but that's that's what it is. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's no formula to this. Right. Everybody's walk with Christ is different, but the goal is the same. And he desires for us, first of all, to be rooted and established in him, to know his character, to know his nature, and then to know ourselves, and then to exude that out into the world, right? Um, But again, there's no formulate process. Everybody's process in walking out their salvation is different, right? We have a saving grace, our saving salvation, and then we have the walking out of our salvation, right? So I learned that as, you know, I'm walking out the process of my salvation and I have a verse pulled up here that was perfect for me. Um, it's 2 Chronicles 7, 14, where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, there's steps in here if you listen to it, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them their sin and heal their land. And when I think of land, right, again, we're dual citizens, right? So it's not just the land, the tangible land that we step on, that he says that we're here to rule and have authority over. It's my soul soil, right? I call it my soul soil. And, um, you know, I'm going to be honest, when I was out in the world, I was very pompous. Um, I relied on self. And again, like what I had, and that created my reality. And I wasn't humble. And again, that's a consistent process. So humbling myself, right? And some people think that humbling themselves is going lower below people and not, um, you know, showing up in the world as bold and confident, right? You know, God says to come boldly to my fr- my throne, boldly and confidently there's grace and there's mercy. So there's, you know, there's a difference between um, cockiness and humility, right? So humbling yourself, knowing that, you need God. Like without you, I am nothing. But with you, I am everything. I got the sauce. 
right? <laughs> and <laughs> I got the sauce, period. Um, <laughs> um, so humbling yourselves and then praying, you know, building a prayer life with God. Prayer is just saying back to God what he says to you. It's a conversation with God. It's an intimacy with him. And it's so funny that we try to go out into the world and be intimate with people and we don't even know how to be intimate with God. And he's the one who created relationship. And we're wondering why we're failing, right? And I was failing miserably, you know, in my marriage, in my relationships with friends. I mean, just all over, right? So seeking his face, humbling myself, praying, um, you know, seeking him on the floor. And just really, I call it um, soaking, like just soaking in the spirit and being transparent, Right. A lot of us don't want to be honest with ourselves. And you can't be honest with yourself. Then you can't be honest with anybody else. Right. So coming to Christ bare naked, even though he knows it all, there's power in confession. Right. Just confessing it all to him. And I remember him just saying, like, you know, God, but I did this and I did that. And I spoke to this person this way and I went here and he didn't remember it. He said, you know, what are you what are you talking about? You know, you're new. If you're in me, you're made new, right? So it was a perpetual, um, you know, a perpetual habit that I created for myself with continuously humbling with myself, continuously praying, right? The, the word says to pray fervently and continuously, right? It's a fervent and righteous prayers of the righteous and he hears them, right? Um, and turning away from things that I used to say yes to, right? That could have been sinful. You know what I mean? Going out and drinking myself to death, right? And not remembering what I did the next morning. That was a perpetual cycle that I normalized in my life. And turning away from that, even sometimes now, you know, if I'm in an area where people are drinking and indulging, indulging in that, having the discipline, right? Being disciplined and being obedient to what he says. And it's not to take away from me, it's to add to. And if I'm continuously engaging in these behaviors, then he can't take me to higher and holier realms that he that he wishes to do. So that was kind of my process, you know? Yeah, and it's not a it's not an abuse of freedom or a or a restriction of freedom, Absolutely. for example, yeah. to not drink mm-hmm. uh, yourself into oblivion the night before. Oh, um, it's not pulling something back from you. It's actually yeah wanting to stop disempowering you by, mm-hmm. by giving you what's real and what's true. I love that. So it's they, there were these habits of, well, they became habits. They didn't start as habits, yeah. but they became habits of listening, listening to the voice of your creator, mm-hmm. re- talking back to him, not, not talking back like a child talks back, but <laughs> talking back, speaking back to him, what he speaks to us. Absolutely. Right. And then um, acknowledging, acknowledging when our lives have not been in alignment with true, healthy personal narratives mm-hmm. and then turning back, stop doing the things that are disempowering you and, and stealing from your life. Mm-hmm. I think those are very transferable steps for people. I'm sure reading your book, they can learn about those steps. Um Finding a finding a church that has yes. an authentic community and a biblical a biblical preaching and teaching. Yes. Is you know, Jeff, that's that's that. that's so important. And we've strayed away in society from the four walls of the church. Of course, we know that we are the church, right? But 
God gave gifts to the church and you'll find them in the four walls of the church as you may know, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, there's so much church hurt and religion, which is another false, you know, counterfeit spirit that's circulating throughout. I oh, mean, yes. There are false narratives in the church that are very damaging, very. that are not healthy, and they're not true. And I just want my audience to hear that. Um, yeah. And if you've experienced that kind of church hurt, can I can I just say I'm so sorry? Yes, absolutely. And and know that there are there are legitimate spiritual centers that are centered in Christ that can bring healing mm-hmm. and help you experience healing. Yeah. And um, there are hurts that are caused for sure, but there and no church is perfect. However, there are places where you can experience healing. Absolutely. I mean, if we just really try to understand that, you know, the the four walls of the church is a building of the sick, you know, and not, I mean, I would say physically sick, but mentally, you know, in in our souls, right? We are, again, carrying these false narratives and, you know, everything that we've were raised up in and what we've seen and what we've experienced and people are sick. So if you just realize that, right, but of course, having a pastor or a preacher or a teacher who is rooted and grounded in the word, that's pinnacle. That's important. You know, yeah. the words you will know them by their fruit. If they're not producing any fruit, run, Forrest, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> right, run, Forrest, run. Keep but, running and running and running. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, but, you know, that's a, that's another thing about you know, how will you know if you're not in the word and you can't always rely on a pastor for a relationship, right? And we always want religion over a relationship, not about what we do or go, I went to church today and I was like that too. Um, you know, you want an authentic relationship with Christ and he'll reveal those things to you. You know what I mean? But church, going to church is, is so necessary to build relationship, you know? So paint a picture for us what it looks like to um, pursue your dream from a place of abundance and health and truth instead of a place instead of from a place of scarcity or diminish diminish is that a word uh disempowerment uh-huh. a place of abundance what does it look like to pursue your dream from that place mm. To pursue your dream from a place of abundance is to know that God has already given us exceedingly and abundantly beyond I can ask or imagine, right? So when I am pursuing something that he's placed on my heart to do, like you said at the beginning, I know that I can't fail. I cannot fail. So that spirit of um, of failure, that spirit of fear has no way to penetrate this realm that I've created because I know who I'm rooted and grounded in and I know what he said. So there's no way. Well, let me not say there's no way because sometimes the counterfeit spirit does come in and, and tries yeah. to disempower, yeah. right? Let me yeah. be realistic with that and practical, right? Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, when you know what the promises of God and what he has made available to you and that it is, like I said in the beginning, it's irrevocable. No one or nothing can take it away. Mm-hmm. The sky is the limit, right? Yes, so right. 
you can reach your goals. Like he does, he gives us the desires of our heart. And as you become one with him, which he desires, your desires are his desires and his desires are your desires. So there's no more, you know, wavering in your soul. And God, is this you? You know, is this me? Is this the enemy? You uh-huh. know who you are and you are one with him and you are in alignment with him. So yeah. whatever decision that you choose to make following your dreams and you know, believing that you're walking in the will of God, there's no way that you can fail. And if you happen to fall down, he said the righteous get back up seven times, right? So right. you know that you are the righteousness of God, that you are in right standing with him and he desires to give you the desires of your heart. So that's walking out of a place of abundance and not scarcity, which causes you to retract and causes you to hide, right? A lot of times we go in hiding and sometimes it's the own... Um, you know, our own fear and our own shame that we've created in our mind. And we're thinking people are going to see us in this light. And we haven't even, we don't even know, right? We allow fear to take over so many areas of our lives. And I always say, what you use fear to get, you're going to have to use fear to keep. So if I go out with this um, diminished spirit, I'm going to continually have to feed my fear and walking out of alignment, like I said in the beginning, with God. And, you know, just to be honest, I mean, you'll, you'll run into a lot of roadblocks and failure, you know? So being in a place of abundance and seated in a place of abundance is where we should always be, regardless of what's going on around you. I love that. I would, I would only add to that, that if I think about that question, pursuing my dream from a place of abundance, yeah. I, I got to be honest, there are times when I've pursued my dream, the one I'm pursuing right now to help others with theirs, right. scarcity, I have, and worry, and anxiety, and, and trying to figure out where it's all going to come from, and how, yeah, gonna, so, yeah, yeah I, I, I struggle with that sometimes, but when I think about abundance, when I sit with the one who put this dream in my heart, my creator, mm-hmm. and he me to co-create it with him, and I consider his character and who he is, there's a, there's a freedom there to, um, I can pursue it with excitement and anticipation and curiosity. Like, I wonder yeah. how this is going to work out instead of, yeah. oh, I don't know if this is going to work out. I don't have enough. Well, you're, you know, I wonder. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Let's see. Right. And adventure there's adventure in this pursuit when we have a place of abundance right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes and it's an it brings an excitement right like god wants us to be excited about life right and although we encounter many roadblocks and we encounter things that i mean can break us down so badly that you know his grace is more sufficient right and a lot of times sometimes Certain iniquities won't be taken away, but that just goes to show that he is glorified in everything. And, you know, sometimes when I'm talking, Jeff, that spirit comes on me. It's like, okay, like, do I sound like very cliche? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's just, that's who he is. Like, it just seems so easy. Like, okay, you mean to tell me, like, speak this thing and believe it and it's going to come? Yeah. Yes. We live in a world where people are all talking about, you know, manifesting, you know, you can, you can manifest a life with God rooted in his word, but without him, you know, what are you manifesting and where, where is it manifesting from? But we believe that, right. We believe the spirit of the counterfeit, but when it comes to believing God, it's like, oh my God, like, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, you know, I can't afford it and I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's like, 
you know, well, just believe in, just believe that God has called you to this and that he's going to provide, right? We so easily buy into and believe the spirit of the counterfeit. Yeah. How do you believe? I mean, how do you remember all these things that I'm saying? Like, so they're, they're awesome. They're nuggets <laughs> and they're forever now yours because you <laughs> said them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna replay this podcast back. Like, there you go. There you go. You should. That's part of it. That's part of one of the steps, right? Replaying the podcast. Absolutely. Replaying the podcast of the healthy and true personal narratives instead of the the ones that are so easily adopted that are false that disempower us. And we have to have people that do that with us, and sometimes for us, mm -hmm. um, to help us be able to do it on our own. As yeah. We go. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time today Absolutely. to share with us yeah. the, the secret power of uprooting harmful personal identity false narratives. Thank you so much. Um, blessings to you and your work mm. in the kingdom and on behalf of the kingdom. Uh, blessings on your book sales. Thank Many you. people will come to read that and be set free. Yes. Blessings on your podcast. Thank you. All that you're up to with everything kingdom. Um, it is an honor to know you and to spend time with you today. Thank you so much for joining us, Danielle. Thank to you, Jeff. I wish nothing but abundance and blessings going your way. You have been a joy. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be on this show with you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a blessed day. You too. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for another episode of Stop Doubting Your Dream. If you want to connect with Danielle Brown, make sure you head to the show notes so that you can check out her contact information, her book, and begin uprooting your own personal false narratives and plant that healthy seed that will grow into a flourishing, fruitful plant. If you love the show today, you're listening on Apple, I encourage you to scroll down in your app and leave a review. Those reviews really help others find the show, and I greatly appreciate hearing from you. Next week on the show, we're going to discover how failure can stop us dead in our tracks and actually keep us from discovering the greatest gifts yet to be revealed if we let failure rule. I'm going to share that so that, like fear, you can take a look at failure through a new lens, one that will encourage you to get back up and continue your journey. Join me back here next week. And until then, the journey towards your dream begins today. Take action with a single step.